listening to the Women Encouraged podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Berendrecht. We're all about growing in Christ and being shaped by His Word, so I'm delighted to be sharing with you these discussions with women who love the Lord, love His Word, and are pursuing a life of faithfulness in Him. We're praying that this is a place of blessing and encouragement for you. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome back to another episode. We're so glad you joined us again. I'm here with Katie and Alyssa. Today we're going to be talking about renewing your mind, uh, which is uh, something that's really quite near and dear to all of our hearts, I think, especially in terms of our emphasis on Bible literacy, our emphasis on being in the Word. So we're just going to talk a little bit today about what that means and how it relates to uh, the upcoming Bible reading challenge as well. Yeah, so the Bible reading challenge for the summer we just are wrapping up right now. We're as we record this, we're wrapping up the reading the whole Bible through from September to May, and we took it in different parts where it's kind of broken up into certain sections, and we read different things together, and it's not just straight from Genesis to Revelation. But we are right now in Revelation, um, and we're going to be kicking off the summer reading challenge. If you look on Instagram or Facebook, I think, too, with hashtag same page summer, you'll find some posts, I'm sure, about the Bible reading challenge. And if you go online to Christkirk.com slash Bible challenge, you can find the Women's Summer Challenge. And you can print off the schedule for that and follow along. And we would love to have you join us as we read through the New Testament this summer, just four chapters a day, and it's totally doable and just such a delight to to just gather along with women. So we heard from Rachel Jankovic in our last episode about the Bible reading challenge in general. So if you listen to that episode, you know what we're talking about. And if you didn't catch that one, go back and listen. Rachel explains it so thoroughly, and her enthusiasm for this is just totally infectious and a real delight to um, just kind of join in with and we're really excited to just be on the same page literally that same page summer idea just Mm -hmm. to be on the same page with women all around the world and excited to see what god does through that right today we're talking about renewing our mind and the focus of our conversation and really is uh romans 12 1 and 2 and i think katie was going to read that out for us yeah i'm reading from the esv translation in case anybody's wondering i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy acceptable to god which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yeah, we talked about how there's just a few things going on there. Um, one of the things, of course, is that first word, therefore. And if you've been in the church for any amount of time, somebody's probably said, what is it there for? And you would then look back a few verses. And if you did that, you would hear me going from <laughs> my Bible to the chapter. Chapter 11. If you did that, you go back a few verses to into chapter 11 where it says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. This is the NASB, by the way. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who became his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. 
It seems it seems like um, just an interesting contrast where it says, who has known the mind of the Lord? His judgments are unsearchable. His ways are unfathomable. We cannot, we will not ever understand the depth of God's knowledge and his wisdom. Um, we will never be in a position of standing there saying, really, God, you got this one wrong. I mean, I think it was, I remember hearing Melissa Kruger talk about how, you know, if you just drew a circle in the, on the wall and you just, for the sake of argument, said that everything that God knew isn't, or knows is inside that circle. And then you take the tiniest fine point pen and you just make a little dot and you say, that's you and your knowledge. And when we kind of hold ourselves up against God, we're saying, that it's like that dot saying to that circle, you got it wrong. So I think I always read these and think, wow, I'm like that dot on the mm -hmm. wall and I really need to check myself. I'm not going to be his counselor. I'm not able to give something to God that he hasn't first given to me. Um, so it seems like I love, I love knowing these verses, just going into this, this set of verses talking about um, offering ourselves to the Lord being conformed to him and and being transformed by our mind being renewed. Because Paul talks about renewing our minds in many different ways. So mm -hmm. he talks about mm -hmm. it in Ephesians as well, right? He talks yeah. about renewing, being renewed to the spirit of your mind. But before that, he talks about a little bit of what it's like. Before that, what is it like when you your mind isn't renewed? What right. your mind is like uh apart from God. Mm -hmm. um, so if we're looking at Ephesians 4, he's talking about, starting in verse 17, he says, Therefore, I say, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their minds, having their, understand, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness, or in some translations I've seen it as the hardness of their heart. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, it's good to remember this is who we are naturally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is the way we operate. We we operate in darkness. We operate in ignorance. The paths of our mind that we that we naturally seem to go into are futile. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think too often we put a lot of uh, hope and trust in the way we think mm -hmm. and the fact that oh I'm educated, I'm smart, and all this stuff and we keep forgetting that ultimately our minds are sinful mm -hmm. and they will continually think after sinful things if we are not being careful to be in the word, to be thinking God's thoughts after him. Yeah. And our, and just that reminder that, you know, apart from Christ, you know, we have a deep and fundamental need to have um, our minds completely redeemed by the gospel because, you know, like you were reading, Katie, also, Paul talks about in Colossians 1, he says, in verse 21, he says, And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds. So it's starting out with, you know, not only were you just not thinking the right thoughts, it wasn't like you just had your, you needed to have your thought patterns just tweaked a little bit. No, you're actually, apart from Christ, you're alienated from God, you're hostile in mind, your mind is actually completely opposed to God's ways, apart from being completely transformed by the gospel. And it says, you know, by God's mercy, and Paul, Paul says here that yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death 
in order to present you before him holy and blameless and above reproach. And it goes on, of course, but I I just think it's such a beautiful picture that not only is, you know, are apart from Christ, we're hostile in mind and engaged in evil deeds because it's not like, you know, you can, you cannot just separate your mind from your body. It's all part of you. Um, and you, you know, as you think, so you act. And yet Jesus's body was put to death. And, and now we're made to be transformed because we have been reconciled to God through Christ. And now we, and the whole purpose of this is to be presented to God, holy and blameless. And, and that's the design of our sanctification process is that we'll be made more and more like Jesus and holy and blameless in him. So going back to Romans 12, when it says, Paul says, you know, I urge you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. And he goes on and says, you know, don't be conformed to this world. So he's not saying that just that your bodies are being conformed to this world. He's saying that your ways of thinking, your patterns of behavior, he's saying don't be conformed. And I think it's really important to remember what that word being conformed means. I always think about being conformed. Like if I grabbed a big blob of Play-Doh and I stuck my wedding ring in it and then I pulled my hand away, the Play-Doh would bear the imprint of my wedding ring. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just kind of the easiest way to think about it. But, you know, when we're conformed to anything, we take on the shape of it. And so Paul is warning us against taking on the shape of the world and says, no, we actually, you actually need to be completely transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need mm-hmm. to have everything about how you think completely changed. So it is not enough. And I think this is such a huge and crucial thing in our, in our Christian culture. We love to Christianize the world's message. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. God says that is not acceptable to him. We do not get the luxury as Christian women of Christianizing the world's message and walking away and being fine. God says, no, you, you need your thinking completely transformed and redeemed by his gospel, by his word. And the promise is that as we do that, as we're continuously being transformed by our minds being renewed, we're going to be able to prove what God's will is and what he considers good and acceptable and perfect. It's not like we're setting the standard and we say, we feel like this is good and acceptable. And then we make sure God agrees with us. Mm -hmm. We need to have our entire way of thinking completely changed so that we believe what God believes is good and acceptable. Well, because we could be so influenced. Like, I don't think we even realize how quickly we can be influenced. I can't tell you how many times Mm. I've been sent Mm Christian-y messages. Like I think we were talking about in our, uh, just before this, um, how I was sent by a friend the message, do more of what makes you happy. Yeah. And that sounds really good. That sounds, of course, I want to do more of what makes me happy. Um, and, the, and the underlying sentiment might be, you know, well, God wants you to be happy. Yeah, God wants you to be happy. <laughs> but if I just go on the basis of that and I haven't been searching out the scriptures and I haven't been investing in his word, then that that platitude sounds like gospel truth. Right. And I, I think there's, I've, I've seen people do a variation of that, do more of what makes you holy. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I mean, I love the fact that the focus is no longer on you. It's on God. Mm-hmm. It's, and that's exactly what his word is. And if we're just willing to just accept everything as it comes in, 
and not compare it to God's word and see where the truth truly is. Mm -hmm. We will see ourselves becoming more and more conformed to what the world says that Christians should be like, as opposed to what God says we should be like. Yeah, That's why we wanted to do this episode, too, was because it can be hard when you know that you should be able to question and not just take everything in that culture throws at you, but you don't know where to start and how to question it. And if you're not familiar with God's word, you don't have a set standard that you can turn to and compare everything with. Mm -hmm. And the temptation is really to just like, and I've heard this before, like, well, you need to put everything through the, through the filter to see what comes out. If it's really, you Mm -hmm. know, matching God or his standard I don't actually think that that's sufficient to just take something from the world and just put it through God's filter and say, well, let's see what sifts out, you know, what can we, what little grains can we glean, you know, because God gives us so much more abundantly in his word. And he's not saying, well, just go filter out the world's message and see what you come up with (laughs) or see, you know, what's left over and maybe that'll meet your needs. You know, God has everything we need right here in his word. For life and godliness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just reminds me of like reading First Corinthians, right? Where you're you're learning a lot about what is foolishness and what is wisdom. Mm-hmm. And the wisdom of this world is not true wisdom. And the wisdom of Christ looks ridiculous to yeah. the world. And it's just, it's constant. And um, Paul actually, again, quotes that same verse. Um, <laughs> this is like a quote upon a quote. This is like, like a... Inception levels of quoting, I right? Think. Um, but, <laughs> but said, where, where does this, where does it actually come? But he says, "Who has known the mind of God that He may instruct him?" Here at the end of First Corinthians two, and after that, he says, "But we have the mind of Christ." Yeah, right. We that's that's where we get our standard from. What we say compared to what the world says looks ridiculous, looks foolish. Mm-hmm. That's why we're going to get made fun of for it. Mm. Um, but that's. Where our, our concern is on God's standards, not on how the world judges God's standards. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Alyssa, I think you have some good notes there about this, but I think I've I've talked to a lot of Christian women, and I think you probably have too. But you just feel like um, you get this sense from them that that they feel, and I'm I've definitely felt this before too, that being transformed is this like miraculous experience that we have um, that is just happens to us. Which is true in that God transforms us, but it does it's done by something, right? It's done right. by engaging in something. Yeah. We don't just wake up one day and we're not suddenly magically te- not tempted anymore. Right, right. It's just a slow transformation over a lifetime of faithfulness, mm-hmm. seeking God in his word. And I think it's so important that we remember... That if we want to know God and if we want to hear his voice, we need to read his word. If mm-hmm. we want to hear God's voice, read his word out loud. Yeah. Right? I I remember a lot of my growing up years not sure how to know God. And it seems so simple to me now to realize I just needed to read his word. And I needed to read it diligently. And I needed to read it faithfully. And I did read it some, but not as not as much as I do now. And I'm really thankful for how much I've read the Bible. We are finishing up and I can't even believe that it seems like yesterday that we started the Bible reading challenge (laughs) and I'm finishing, we're finishing reading the Bible through this 
the whole Bible the second time. Right. And then we're going to read the New Testament. This will be our fourth yes, time the fourth in the New in two Testament years. in two years. That's so that, exciting. It's so wonderful. And I remember when I started that, I remember somebody mentioned to me saying like, well, some people just have a really hard time reading through the Bible and they don't get a lot out of it. And I totally get that because there are so many passages that are, they're dry. It is just tough slogging, but the Lord has given that to us that day for our food. And we can just faithfully eat it like a bowl of oatmeal. And that is what I think of it sometimes. I'm like, okay, Lord, this is just a really good oatmeal for me. And I'm going to eat it. It's not my favorite thing, but it is from you. And I'm going to read it. And I remember thinking, but if I read the Bible every year of my life and I get to live 50 more years, maybe this passage doesn't transform me this year. Mm -hmm. But you can't tell me that if I read the Bible every year for the next 50 years that that will not be so transformational and I will not be the same person that I am today. I yeah. hope I am not No, because I want to be continually growing and learning God's word. So I want to ask you, like, how have you, I want to, I want to know from both of you because I'm really curious, but how <laughs> have you found reading the Bible faithfully every day and hungering for it every day? Because that's what happens when you grow mm-hmm. an appetite for something. You hunger for it. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that been transformational? How has that renewed your mind? I love that question. And I've told a few people this, but when I first started, because I had read off and on, but I hadn't faithfully just started somewhere and just kept reading through the whole Bible. And when we first started, I didn't. I actually didn't think I had time for it. You mm. convinced me that I did. I did? You oh. did. You, I think you told me about the how long it takes to read through Ephesians. Oh, right. That you right. can time yourself. Yes. And didn't I say, like, oh, yeah, because I, I think I've talked about this before, about how, like, yeah. scientifically proven that you can read the Bible in less time than it takes to find something to watch on Netflix. Yeah, you can read six <laughs> yeah. chapters in less time than it takes to decide on what to watch on Netflix. And I was like, okay, well... Science, I have- people. <laughs> science. <laughs> Scientifically proven. Yeah. Probably. By Bethany. There you go. Yeah. But... Well, you're welcome. <laughs> I remember thinking, okay, I'm just going to try it. And as I started to read, I just started in the afternoons when I had time for it. And I started to realize, I want this to be the very first thing that I do every day. And Mm -hmm. I started to get up early because I wanted to start my day. And I always thought I had to become a morning person so that I could read my Bible in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I realized I needed to become a Bible reading person. And I, that would transform me into a morning person. And I'm not like, I do not jump out of bed and there are not rainbows <laughs> and sparkles like every morning now. What? But no rainbows and sparkles? No. Oh, man. <laughs> There's not even unicorns. No, oh, shoot. <laughs> but I wake up and if I get halfway through the day and I haven't read my Bible and all of a sudden... There just are, I have an attitude problem and I can't figure out why nothing seems right. I realize that it's because I have not read my Bible yet today. Mm. And I, I make that a priority to go and sit down and read it. And if I actually just don't have time, I can recall more passages to my mind now than I could then that I can just repeat to myself and throw myself on the promises of God that he has given me strength for today. And I remember even thinking, so as my, as I started to be more faithful in reading the Bible, it 
was it tasted so good. It was like a feast every day because you I was starving myself. I was starving mm-hmm. myself of God's word. And then all of a sudden, every day I was sitting down to this feast and I couldn't get enough of it. And then this year, it was funny because I had read the Bible just about every day for a whole year. We'd read through the whole Bible and then again through the New Testament. And I was waiting for that same feeling in the fall and it wasn't coming. And I realized that it's because if you have one huge feast, it tastes so delicious, but a feast every day for a hundred days or a thousand days in a row is just normal now, Mm. right? But I couldn't stop and go and starve myself so that the food would taste delicious. (laughs) I just had to realize like now, I don't, it's almost like, it's kind of a weird way of saying it, but I'm out of the honeymoon phase. Now I need to just keep going and keep working at it. And I've picked up more this time that I never noticed the first time through. And I know that there are parts that I can't think of now that maybe next year or in the 10th year of doing this, I will pick up that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just so delightful to me to realize that God's word has changed me. And I another practical thing that I realized somewhere along the way was that I was no longer tempted to do Tempted with things that I had struggled with my whole life, wanting just sinful nature. And then realizing I haven't wanted to do that since I started the Bible reading challenge. And it was something that, you know, I I always fought against it and I didn't want to give into that temptation, but it was still there and it still bothered me. And I, Mm. you know, there was just so many things that because my mind was fixed on Christ and I was continuously washing myself in God's word, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it, they, they weren't, they were just gone, right? Mm-hmm. And I found myself more ready to apologize and confess sin to my children when I sin in front of them. Just all of these things that used to seem so hard are simple because of God's word and the way that he, it just does change us. It, yeah. it really does truly transform us in a way that we cannot fathom that it will we you wouldn't think that you could read you could pick up a little book with black letters in it and it could change your life but it really can yeah it really is alive it really is Mm -hmm. yeah and it it just it really can it it does transform you what about you kitty i feel like i'm going to echo a little bit of what Alyssa has said uh, but I think that's because it, it's doing that it's transforming us maybe in different ways mm-hmm. but it is transforming us because I'm I very much identified with what you were saying about patterns of thinking because I know like for me I definitely have ruts like sinful ones right. where my mind would just go into naturally when something frustrating would happen and and all of this stuff and I remember just remembering watch seeing my mind basically just churn over events or frustrations in my mind and I couldn't get out of it Mm -hmm. it just all the turmoil was in my head it wasn't necessarily coming out verbally or anything but it was all in my head um and still very real obviously and um I just remember, like, I, you guys started with the original set of people starting the Bible reading mm-hmm. challenge. I came in in the second wave. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I'm okay with I that. I love that, actually. I really love that. <laughs> so, so I, because I was, I was previously doing a different one, but it very much felt 
you know, I have to do this Bible reading. And it, it, I, I don't know. I put such a pressure on it just to, like, I need to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I came in uh, when you guys were doing the New Testament uh, the for, over the summer. So I was like, okay, I finished my other Bible reading um, thing. So I'm going to do this one now just because everybody's talking about it. And I, you know, I'll jump on the bandwagon. You know, why not? And it came at a really good time in my life where... There was I I was following the Facebook group, which I highly recommend you do as well, um, because there's just so many ladies on there just talking about what they've read, enthusiastic about what they've read, what they're learning, mm-hmm. and then people asking questions, and then other people saying, "Well, look at it this way, and mm-hmm. check out this verse, and maybe there's this sermon you can read." It's such a or, positive yeah. space, like for Facebook. You know how Facebook always just gets such a bad rap because it's such a negative. Mm-hmm. area but mm-hmm. like that is the most positive space i know of on facebook yeah and mm-hmm. i love like like everyone wants to jump in and they want to say hey this is you know what i've been learning and some of the stuff that they've been picking up i was like whoa whoa i never thought of it that way mm-hmm. and i started getting excited about it and then over time and again it sort of it happened slowly it wasn't just like boom but it you sort of start realizing hey those patterns of frustration and anger that I was my mind kept going to Mm. based on external circumstances it's not going there anymore I my mind is going to prayer my Mm. mind is going to Mm. psalms that I've read my mind is going to stories of God's faithfulness and and uh, and the stories of the saints who have endured so much and all of a sudden you could I felt my mind truly being renewed Mm -hmm. it wasn't actually going to those same spots that I felt so comfortable before. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, those spots weren't comfortable. They weren't bringing me the hope and the comfort that I desired. But what was bringing me comfort was God. Like, mm-hmm. I found that one of the things that started to help me, too, is, like, at night. I don't know. It's probably a lot of people, not just me. But at night, that's especially when it hit me, when mm-hmm. it was just sort of like, you know, I'm constantly being barraged by thoughts and, and negative thinking. And so what I started doing was on my uh, Bible app, Mm -hmm. they have a reading. Yeah. You know, you can listen to somebody reading the Bible. So I was just listening to some guy who has a great voice. Just read the Psalms. Mm -hmm. So like in the middle of the night, I can't sleep. My mind just keeps going. I'm just listening to somebody read the Psalms. And that just calmed me in so many ways. And all of a sudden I'm hearing it in new lights and it was wonderful. And the other thing I would say too is like, I, I know most people tend to like push the read in the morning and I don't disagree with that mm-hmm. at all I know I'm a night person I'm right. I'm a light owl and so don't look at it as in oh I have to read in the morning because that's mm-hmm. the only time I have to start my day in God's word yes you should perhaps but if the evening works good for you i that's when I do my reading and totally. I have been yeah. so blessed in it and it's when I can I have that time to take take the notes, like because I do it differently. I, I have I know I don't have children, like like, like um, messing up your quote unquote quiet time. Right, right. Um, but I, I I take a lot of notes. I I mark up my Bible a lot, um, and I just I feel like I'm really able to invest in that time. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the morning I'm borderline useless um so 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 i i work with it within the the parameters that i know that god has Mm -hmm. given me and he's blessed that Mm -hmm. so much Mm -hmm. yeah and i love that there is no one right way to do it it just it for me if it doesn't happen in the morning 
it's it's not likely to happen at all during the day. Mm-hmm. There's just so many more interruptions. But and I mean, my kids and I, we have also gotten into a comfortable routine where my kids are just used to it and they know what happens in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. But I love that you can do that in the evening and that you get mm-hmm. to take notes and things. That is so wonderful because I I would love to be able to take notes every day. <laughs> I, I have and so I many. And I scribble some sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, no, I just love that it's not something that... It looks different for everybody. And mm-hmm. I know that there are ladies who do who listen to it a lot. But just however you're able to ingest God's word, because it's the bread of life that he promises in John 6, 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. It's... It's our bread. It's our food. And we have to eat it. Mm-hmm. And he blesses that when we obey him and when we come to his word and seek him there. Yeah. And yeah. and it's not, it's, he's not saying eat once and you'll never be hungry again. No. Yeah. He said, whoever comes to me mm-hmm. will never, you know, they're, they're not going to lack because he's going to constantly supply them. Mm-hmm. And we need to remember, too, that if we don't feast on God's word regularly every day, then the alternative is death. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the same. Slow starvation. Yeah, slow starvation. Mm -hmm. Um, In Romans 8, he's talking about how carnal mindedness. Mm -hmm. So obviously a a mind that is being conformed to the world leads Mm -hmm. to death. Mm-hmm. And and but we are we are children of who desire life. Like Mm -hmm. we serve a God of life. Um, He gives, he's the bread of life and he desires to feed us. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't run from that. We shouldn't run from the hand that feeds us. What about you, Bethany? I would love to hear how the Bible reading challenge has encouraged you and transformed you. Yeah, I think so many of the same things that you both mentioned. I think for me, it, I find the timing of the whole thing very interesting in my life. Um, I'm sure everybody has had this to some extent. But I, when I first heard about it, it was like the summer, I guess, yeah, summer of 2017. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. So summer of 2017 and my friend Jenny had said, oh, I, you need to know about this. And, um, it was actually during a conversation that we were sitting around and our husbands were talking. And I think one of us just said, does anybody even read our Bible, their Bibles anymore? <laughs> like, we we're just like, oh, this is just awful. Does anybody read their Bible? And, and Jenny was like, oh yeah, I need to tell you about this. Cause we're starting this thing and you need to be part of it. And they were just thinking it was going to be their ladies fellowship. And so I got to hear about it then. And then it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was so exciting to see it grow. But I was, I think for, in my own personal life, um, we were making decisions that we knew were going to change everything about our lives. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. that God was so merciful to me to put me on that path of taking in such big portions of scripture every day. It was just so kind of God to do that in my life. And it really served to make me more aware of God's promises because I was constantly um, feeding on them. Really, they were my bread. It was his promises. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't feeding on my own fear. I wasn't recycling all the thoughts that, you know, challenge you in the night. Like, are we going to be okay? Are we, you know, going to make it? Because we talked Mm -hmm. in the last time about, um, you know, financial security. And so that honestly was God's word that just equipped me to think, even think rightly. And so it wasn't like I never had fears or I never struggled, but um, his word really just carried me through. 
And I was so thankful to have been a part of that and to just constantly be recalling his word um, on a daily basis. It truly equipped me. And it also, I think the one of the ways it transformed my mind was just, I guess I've always kind of been like a rule follower. <laughs> I, But I tend to be like a rule follower for probably legalistic reasons. I want to be mm-hmm. accepted and I want to mm-hmm. be okay with God. And if you talk about duty, I, that word doesn't turn me off. Like I don't go, Ugh, you know, you know, how awful is that as you talk about duty and obedience, but having, I just having my mind renewed about, um, the duty of coming back to God's word to, that he calls us to come to him and that he says that he will reward us for seeking him diligently and thinking about that, like as an actual active obedience of coming to his word, um, at first it was kind of hard because it was like, well, shouldn't it just come naturally? Shouldn't I just want to come to his word? So then I had this Mm -hmm. kind of internal war with myself. Like, what is this supposed to feel like? What is, you know, what (laughs) what am I, am I supposed to feel like I'm just obeying him? But I always did love reading my Bible. It wasn't like that was a problem for me. Mm -hmm. So it was like, kind of, I just had to make a decision that this was this was how I was going to go about doing it. And I just found so much blessing through that. I hope that makes sense that, um, yeah, I don't mean that in order to be obeying God, you have to read X amount of chapters every day or something like that. But just that I had decided I was going to read his word and I was going to make a habit of, of taking it in. And also, I think kind of along the same lines with just finding that, just being the rule follower, that if I fell off the wagon there was a lot of guilt. <laughs> like right. I was like, Oh, we had the stomach flu or something like that. And mm-hmm. I didn't read or something like that. And, or just had a really busy day and I didn't get to it. And later in the day, and I, I was kind of being legalistic with myself. And so I was, I really did learn that the point was coming to Christ. The point wasn't, right. you know, it happening at 7am or 6am because I don't, I think it was Rachel said last week, you know, your eyes open and your kids are standing there next to your bed or something. I'm like, that's literally how it is. Like I turn yes. on the light and they're like, Oh, hi. <laughs> like, how did you know? <laughs> it's like they can sense my presence. Um, yeah. yeah. So morning devotions are kind of not a thing without somebody sitting on you and asking you a million questions, but that God is faithful even in that. And that, mm-hmm. You can read and maybe you get through three verses and you feel like, I can't possibly read for context if you're constantly asking me about this or that. But God is still faithful in that. And he's not going to just say, well, you messed up and you Mm -hmm. missed the boat, so you won't get anything out of it. But he really is faithful to feed us. And even just reading through Revelation this last time. Revelation was always one of those books that just scared me, mm-hmm. and I avoided it. It wasn't like I avoided the whole thing. I just avoided all the scary parts, but <laughs> I found myself listening to it this time as we got started, and then I would like listen to a few chapters and then read a few chapters, depending on how the day was going. I was standing in my laundry room yesterday and listening to this guy read me the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. read me Revelation. I started weeping because... Something, some part of it just hit me so hard and just God's, Mm -hmm. just that awareness of of who God is and his glory and, and Jesus displaying himself and the mercy he had on John. And, you know, I just, did you, I've cried so many times reading the Bible this (laughs) year. I cried, I cried when they talked about what Aaron was going to wear as the high priest. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I was like, I wrote even wrote in my Bible, I cried in 2018 <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> or 2019. Like I was just like, I, this is when I cried. Right. And it just it it hits you all of a sudden. Yeah. You're just mm-hmm. like, oh. Yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm a crier anyway. Like I'm, but <laughs> I don't generally cry over the Bible. No. Right. Like I mean, there's a few parts that really do move me, but that for some reason just this this these beginning chapters of revelation i just i just started crying because i was mm-hmm. so moved by how merciful and how loving god is that he would redeem a people for himself mm-hmm. and also the thing that's also struck me through revelation this time that i didn't catch the last time was how good it is to delight in god's ways and his judgments that really people who are chafing against God's character ultimately mm-hmm. don't want to be in his presence. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's really struck me this time around with Revelation, just that because I delight in God's character, someday, whenever all of these things take place, um, I'm not going to be standing there going, why are you doing this? <laughs> this isn't <Right>. good. <laughs> you know, I'm actually going to be saying, God, your ways are good. Your ways are perfect. And, and that he's training me He's training me by his word to believe that he is good and that his ways are perfect. Mm-hmm. And it, it, honestly, I think it, it one other last way, sorry to drag this on, but one other last way that I think it has transformed my mind is that it actually has given me more compassion for people who do not know him because mm-hmm. I want them so badly to see that God is good. And I know that that's the work of the Holy Spirit in them, that, he, that the Holy Spirit has to open their eyes and has to soften their heart. Mm -hmm. But I have just longed for people that I've even grown up with who have walked away from the faith and just thought, oh, you used to read your Bible. Did you see him there? Like, did you see Jesus? Because I see Jesus in his word Mm -hmm. every day now. And I hunger for him like I've never hungered before. Mm -hmm. And I want that for them. And I, I, my heart breaks that they're lost right now. And so, yeah, I think I love that God has transformed my mind by making me more compassionate for the lost. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's a good way to, to refer to it too, as being transformed because I think part of us wants to like, all of us wants to wake up one day, wanted to wake up one day and say, oh, I love the Bible. And, and we need to recognize it is this process. Mm-hmm. It's a process that takes time and it takes investment and it takes, um, the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Mm -hmm. So he can bless with the work of the spirit. He can bless your three verses that you've read Mm -hmm. enormously. Mm -hmm. Right. He's not going to just say, well, the the quota was five. You didn't quite meet it. So (laughs) you're not reading context. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I think that's important to remember is that it is in, it's being transformed and constantly transformed. It's not like, we're talking about all the things that we've learned and, and and changes we've seen in ourselves, but there's so many more changes to come and so mm-hmm. much more investment and knowledge and wisdom that we can get. And it starts by just reading mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to recognize it's not going to come from the first chapter. It's not going to come from the second, mm-hmm. but it's going to be that slow, persistent transformative work of the spirit in your life through mm-hmm. God's word that is going to change your life forever. Yeah. I love um, Angie Tufnell talked about this once at one of our Women Encouraged events, but mm. talking about how, first of all, that one of my favorite verses is just that, that passage in De- Deuteronomy where 
you know, it's just that this is no empty word for you, but it's your very life. Right. But if you think about how it's not an empty word, it's actually living and active. And that's how, why it can transform us. It's not just words on a page that if we read them the right way, they do something to us. It's the word of God alive and active in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when it says in Hebrews that the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. I loved what Angie said, um, that it, that, that two-edged sword, that it's sharper than it cuts away it, what God does not want in us. Mm-hmm. And it encourages us with the other part of that sword. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, it does something. It cuts it encourages, it builds us. Yeah, that's so exciting to me. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that it can cut us and heal us at the very same time. Yeah. That it can cut away the old man, the sinful self, and be renewing us to be more like Christ at the same time is miraculous. Yeah. Right? Really and truly. Mm-hmm. So, sister, listening to this, we hope you'll join us for the Bible reading challenge this summer. Um, if you're listening to this and it's not summer you should still find us. We'll be, we'll just be reading, we'll jump be reading in. somewhere in the Bible, and you should just jump in and join us right where we are. Mm-hmm. Yes, you should. May the mind of Christ, my Savior, live in me from day to day, by His love and power controlling all I do and say. May the Word of God dwell richly in my heart from hour to hour so that all may see I triumph only through his power. May the peace of God my Father rule my life in everything, that I may be calm to comfort sick and sorrowing. May the love of Jesus fill me as the waters fill the sea, him exalting, self-abasing, this is victory. May I run the race before me, strong and brave to face the foe, looking only unto Jesus as onward I go. May his beauty rest upon me as I seek the lost to win, and may they forget the channel, seeing only him.